This is Michael Schenker from Scorpions here of all MSG and Temple of Rock. You are listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalheads, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 286 of Focus on Metal. Good to be back for another week of metal. And as you may have seen on Twitter or Facebook, we had a hell of a Saturday last weekend with Primal Fear out in Worcester at the Palladium. A good time spent drinking with most of the band in the bar before the show, but that is a story that's going to have to wait until Richie is back in the studio. However, one thing that cannot wait is a shout out to Steve. Steve, you rock, brother. At a Primal Fear show, right up front, right after back surgery. Holy shit, you are a true metalhead. Always like meeting up with listeners at shows, especially ones that are as cool as Steve. So uh, good to meet you. Hopefully we'll see you at future shows as well. So we have a great show for you this week. We have our returning guest, Fang Von Rathenstein, back to talk about what Lords of the Trident are up to. And also the return of a very, very special guest, the one, the only, Michael Shanker. So a nice packed show for you this week. But first, why don't we kick it off with Track of the Week. So if you're listening to this episode the week that it came out, and uh, you know you're listening to it just days from when Bob Nalbandian releases the second installment, the first DVD in the second installment of his Inside Metal series. This one is Inside Ellie Metal. The metal scene explodes. And of course, that is focused very much on all of the LA metal scene that a huge number of folks know about. So very interesting documentary there. First half comes out on June 10th. So don't miss that one. Pick yourself up a copy. Why am I telling you all this? Because I decided that I needed to play a track of the week that was in the vein of what Bob's new release was all about. And you know what? It just, this fell into my lap. This is uh this is a beautiful thing, my, uh, my metal friends. But uh, many, many moons ago, I had on Sam Spade from the band 3D In Your Face, a band from Omaha, Nebraska, that celebrates all things of the 80s excess of metal. At the time I talked to Sam, they had just put out their album, Midnight Devils, and uh, doing all kinds of live shows and all that. Boom, in my mailbox, uh, just as I was thinking about doing this show, I got an email from Sam telling me all about their brand new album that's coming out. And I'm going to do the uh, the real easy way of doing this. I'm just going to read you the press release because it's uh, it pretty much covers it. Uh, Lost in the Volume is the fifth release from the Omaha, Nebraska-based 3D In Your Face, the follow-up to the 2013 Midnight Devils album. Two years later, Lost in the Volume is a unique mixture of glam rock, old-school punk, and heavy metal that only these Nebraska boys can deliver. This album is a dedication to their collective love of old-school FM rock and roll radio. The same radio stations that are in every small town across America, combining the hooks of Cheap Trick with the blistering guitar work of Van Halen, 3D In Your Face delivers a straight-ahead rock and roll record to the very last song. Lost in the Volume is honest from the heart, and most of all, inspired by the last two years living in the fast lane with the radio cranked. So yeah, that pretty much embodies a whole lot of what Bob's documentary is all about. So I thought, man, this one just 
Just couldn't have been a more perfect one. So these guys released this one on a Friday, May 20th. And if you'd like to go and pick yourself up a copy of that, you can go to 3dinyourface.bandcamp.com slash album slash lost in the volume. Also, you can get a hold of them at uh, 3dinyourface.com or also on Facebook, facebook.com slash 3dinyourfaceband. So with all that and looking back to, uh, to you know, what I just read about with the uh, press release, I'm going to roll their, uh, their first radio single that they put out. It's called Static Renegade. And as I said, this one kind of ties right back to all the stuff that Bob's documentary is going to be about as well. So get you in the mood and uh, definitely when you're done with this one, uh, go out, pick up a copy of the brand new 3D in your face, as well as picking yourself a copy of the first DVD in the second installment of Bob Nalbandian's Inside Metal series. And I do hope that in the near future that I'll have uh, both Sam and Bob, not on the same show, but both of those guys back on the show to talk about uh, Sam's case, the new album, and in Bob's case, this kick-ass new documentary, and also get him to tell us a little bit more about what's going on with part three of that series, which is all about the L.A. thrash scene. So. Uh, Enough of this. Let's play a little bit of 3D in your face. As I said, the track of the week is called Static Renegade. And this one comes off their brand new one, Lost in the Volume. There you go. Track of the week. Once again, 
3D in your face off their brand new one called Lost in the Volume. So first guest up this week is, of course, Michael Shanker. The last time I talked with Michael was about three years ago when uh, Temple of Rock put out the album Bridge the Gap. And Michael doesn't do a ton of interviews, so I thought, okay, great. I, you know, I got my Shanker interview in. I can cross that one off the list. Finally got to talk to a guy that I admired for a long time, but uh, sometimes shit just works in really odd ways. So a few weeks ago, Michael's people had sent me a uh, Blu-ray to review off of his uh, his new release, On a Mission, live in Madrid. Of course, that was something I even had ordered already because I really wanted to get that one. Great DVD. Put the review up. Let them know that I put the review up. And uh, probably within a few hours, I got an email from them asking if I wanted to have Michael on the show. Well, that's a stupid question, right? Of course I want to have Michael on the show. And then they told me it was going to be very early in the morning if I was going to have Michael on. Again, it's Shanker. Whatever. I'll get up. I'll get up at three in the morning if I have to to talk to Michael Shanker. The things I'm willing to do for the Focus on Metal listeners. So the Saturday that Richie and I were heading out to Primal Fear, first things first, I started my day off very early in the morning with a phone call from Mr. Michael Shanker. And that phone call kind of went like this. This is Michael Shanker for Scott. Hey, how we doing, Michael? Good to talk to you again. Thank you. Wow, right on time, too. Impressive. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, it's great to talk to you again. I haven't talked to you in about three years, uh, but... Uh, oh. You know, I know you're always a busy guy, so anytime I actually get to have a brief chat with you, it's it's always much appreciated. Oh, thank you. So, of course, uh, you know, one of the reasons that your folks asked me to talk with you this morning was this awesome DVD that you guys just put out on a mission live in Madrid. And I got to say, this is probably the best Michael Shanker DVD I have yet to see. Yeah, it, it's also um, interesting because, you know, one of the reasons we did this DVD was because we did like, we already were halfway through booking a, a European tour and then in acoustic, my German record company had this idea um, that uh, was like a brand new thing. Um, which is, um, you know, like a technical thing uh, in, in order to be able to, they call it 3D listening or something like that. Uh-huh. They put like microphones all over the venue and, and if you have the right equipment and you listen back to it, you feel like you're in the middle of the audience. And so they want, really wanted to do this and wanted to be the first um, on the market. And so that's how we, you know, got um, focused on, on, on figuring out you know, uh, what, what city or country would be the best, you know, that would fit the routing and would be suitable for the crew and everybody involved. And uh, I never made a, a, a DVD in Madrid before. I always wanted to do that because they're always great audience, you know, and it's fun to, to, to um, you know, like to, 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 to party with basically. And, and, uh, so, Paris was an option, and uh, but then we found this venue in in, in Madrid, a really nice venue, um, you know, because we wanted to play without barricades. And uh, anyway, it was very suitable, and we only had one shot. I later found out that because of the way we recorded it, that you can't actually fix anything because there's so many microphones out there, and they pick up everything, the ambience, and if you even if you want to fix a wrong note, um, you still hear the, the, the you know, even, even though you fixed and put in a, a, a good note there, mm-hmm. you still hear the wrong note and it gets even worse. And so I tried it with one note and so I just decided to leave it out the way it is. And, 
you know, and we had a great gig, you know, we have been touring together for four years and we made two uh, studio albums, um, Bridge the Gap, uh, Spirit on the Mission, and then two, two DVDs, Life in Europe and then uh, Life in Madrid on a Mission. And, uh, you know, and so basically we take a little break and uh, we make another album in, in 2017 and we're getting towards the, the goal of making Michael Schenker's Temple of Rock stand on its own feet. We are still using a platform and a uh, record company, et cetera, et cetera. But basically the idea is to to have, you know, develop, you know, our own uh, unique sound and, and uh, you know, um, and, and, and make, by, I think by, by the third album, we probably have already got quite a few um, songs um, that, um, you know, so Doogie does not need to sing any more covers. And so that, that brings me to the next to the next point, um, having developed that, that sample of Hawk can stand on his own feet and Doogie singing only his own songs, that um, now I'm, uh, in the meantime, as we having a little break with Temple of Hawk, I'm developing, um, I'm, I'm doing the Michael Schenker Fest in, in Stockholm, uh, in, in Sweden, um, uh, uh, Sweden Walk, and um, uh, not Stockholm, uh, Sweden Walk, um, and and basically, it's uh, all about um, the original singers of of MSG. And so, the goal is basically to now, you know, bring my shows to the next level, do big venues, and and perform with original singers, and and then eventually add Temple of Rock to it too, so I can play my my present and uh, my past with all original singers, which, which will be very exciting and very great for newcomers, you know, that who have never seen what happened all these years ago, uh, the, the original way. And, and uh, also the, the um, people, you know, that have been fans for a long time, they can re-experience the old, we have a rhythm section that's written basically the whole the whole lineup is, is, is made out of original guys. Mm. And so that brings us to the next level of, of, of you know, um, playing live. And uh, we already have, um, well, Barcelona, I do with Gary, just Gary and myself and, and, and Chris and, you know, the rhythm section and Steedman. And then, in, and then in August, end of August, we're going to be doing Japan and we're looking at UK you know, um, putting the show out in the UK and also Europe, and then and then we see how where we go from there. Yeah, I was pretty amazed. You know, looking at, at uh, the fact that you were putting together Michael Shanker Fest, and I'm looking at, and I'm like, because I just talked to Rob McCauley like two months ago, and like Robin, you didn't even mention to me that you were going to be doing this, uh, but it was yeah, I was pretty excited. Yeah, maybe you didn't know by then. Like, it's, <laughs> a, it's a kind of a recent thing, you know, it's probably just a little less than two months, uh, you know, in the making. And, uh, and uh, it, it was definitely kind of uh, difficult to get Robin in also because he's doing the Vegas thing. Right. And so, but, but it's working out, you know, so we already have confirmed the Sweden Rock and uh, I do Barcelona with Gary. And then we have a, 
we have more festivals coming up, but we have um, three shows in Japan confirmed, and so it's moving forward. That is awesome, and I'm I'm really glad that, and, and even when I talked to you, you know, three years ago, you were talking about your vision about where you wanted to take things, and and you've like you've gone right along. You've had a goal, you've had a vision, you've kept on it. And, um, you know, one of the other cool things I like about this DVD is that, you know, back when uh, when you put out Bridge the Gap and we talked about that and you were talking about Wayne and how important he was to the band. And and this one of the things I really like about this DVD is it really shows the interplay between you and Wayne. And it just it made it so apparent to me about everything you talked about, about Wayne. It just comes through in this DVD just so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, and 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 Wayne is a is an additional songwriting team now, and so that adds to the uniqueness with the seventh string, and then I add my stuff to it, and so you know, after we've done the third, definitely after the fourth album, I think by that time we also have a few years behind us. Um, there's already classics coming to the foreground, you know, just from the two albums we have done so far. And um, so it, it will just keep developing until it's, it's it's a unit on its own. Yeah, no, definitely already such a solid band. And, you know, I, and I know that, you know, you only have so much room on a DVD or, or a Blu-ray for songs. And I'm looking going, oh, 22 songs. But it's like, wow, there's, there's, there's not like there's not enough Temple of Rock songs on here for me. But, you know, I know you guys had to, had to strike a balance. But I was like, ah, oh. like, I'm looking. I'm yeah. like, oh, I wish this song was on it. I wish this song was on it. So I know yeah. for myself, I've already like really, really love like all the stuff that that uh, you guys have been doing. And, I, you know, Spirit on a Mission, fantastic album. Uh, it was great to just hear, you know, again, you know, you talked about it as being a band. Boom, there it is. Next album, still the same band, just becomes more solidified. It's it's a it's a, a more unified sound. And I'm like, yeah, everything Michael said he was going to do, he's doing. It's it's great. <laughs> yep. And, of course, you're still with Dean Guitars. I, I noticed you had a couple you were rolling, uh, like about five different ones through the video, some, some uh, really nice guitars those guys are making for you these days. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had I had about four guitars stolen when we did Spirit on a Mission. I had the, the Strangers guitar, a Chrome guitar, the Kaleidoscope, and the Yin and Yang. Those four guitars were were uh, <laughs> gone <laughs> uh, in the middle of a recording in the, uh, when we did Spirit on a Mission. It was really weird, but happened at, in three days. Um, um, uh, we had the guitar stolen, the manager of the Scorpions died, and Rudolph's birthday. Uh, it, it all happened in three days. It was the weirdest moment, you know. But uh, we went through it, you know, we had music stolen too in the middle of recording, but we looked at it as a pre-production. <laughs> so it was pre-production. And so, but, you know, we, we, we got through it and, and it turned out great. And, um, yep, um, so new guitars. Um, so at, actually, you know, it's a, it's kind of interesting how how the new uh, models come about. You know, sometimes it's something that that uh, Elliot and Dean uh, come up, you know, with the, uh, his company uh, more on a technical level, or maybe sometimes even look the black and red guitar was an idea from 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 Dean guitars mm. and. Uh, uh, then the um, you know the the double neck. Uh, I I wanted I insisted on playing Savior Machine. Right. I really loved that song, and uh, in order to you know double track uh, Wayne on his seventh string, I had this idea on the double neck guitar to put a couple of lower strings on the bottom neck, and then and use the first the the the, the higher strings for slide guitar, play the riff on the 
on the uh, to you know uh, uh, tune down thicker strings mm-hmm. on the on the bottom uh, neck and then on the upper neck I I was playing the solo and so that's how that guitar I call it the flying monster double neck uh, guitar and then um, then also I had a hollow body made um, I really I had an idea what I wanted to do to do something to do with feedback and so I wanted to have a hollow body and so that turned out a very very unique guitar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, and then basically, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, the, the reissues that we did with the, the black and white reissues from the 80s, etc. cetera, mm. um, that was a, a Dean idea. And, and so, you know, it, it just really comes from all directions, you know, um, how, how we always end up with, with new models. And it's actually fun. I've been doing this for 10 years with, with them and they're a fa- fantastic company, great, great uh, factory warehouse they have, and, and a really, really nice bunch of people to work with. And uh, they always come up with, with stuff. And and of course, whenever I have a new idea, you know, it, it's immediately put be put together. And I actually wanted to use the hollow body on the on Spirit and Edition, but it came just a couple of days late or something like that. <laughs> and so I, I use it on the next one. So, awesome. you know, the, the idea that I have with it. Yeah. But um, but it, it turns out to be now, you know, even without that um, special thing I want to do with it, it's just a, a really nice sound in the town. It is. Yeah, it is. And, and the double neck, you know, it, it flipped me out. And it's really, I think, uh, like, it goes back to your playing ability that, that I'm, I'm watching you play that. And and I'm just like, I'm just enraptured watching you. And, and my wife is like, what is it that's so like entrancing up all this? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, it isn't that he's just doing one thing on one neck and one thing on the other. But I'm like, when he's doing that slide, he's got to be thinking about the neck in two different ways. And then he, he <laughs> like throws it out the window when he thinks about a totally different tuning on the other neck. And she's looking at me I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this is like, he's getting three trains of thought all at once. And he makes it look yeah. like he's just playing a regular single well, neck guitar. I, I got dizzy getting used to it. I got really dizzy in the beginning because it's kind of coordination, you know. And yeah. It's really, it's crazy because you have to do all the switching as well, and 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 it just you just have to create a routine and and you know go through it over and over until it becomes you know automatic pilot. Yeah, it's just to me, I it was just mind-boggling watching you do it. I mean, I, you know, because I'll, I'll throw on the double neck, but it's like, yeah, you're doing a six string and a 12 string, and it's pretty much translates one to the other. You're still thinking the same way, but but watching yeah. you do that was, and, and the fact that again, you're just you're you're rocking out, you're rolling around, interacting with the crowd, and you're and you're doing all that at the same time. And it's like just it was just incredible. Yeah. yeah, I have a lot of fun with the audience these days. Mm. You know, like since 2008, I, I never really liked being on stage. I was always too shy, and and I was always stage fright. But since 2008, I have no clue why. I mean, I looking back now, I kind of haven't. I have a rough idea of what actually happened in my life. You know, that it comes in three stages, like you know, unconscious musical distribution um, uh, contribution to the to the music world in the 70s that was then used by others in the in the 80s. And uh, I, I always call the 80s uh, the 70s commercialized and <laughs> um, and simplified, you know, one bass drum, one snare drum. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, but, but uh, the 80s was important to, you know, to capture the wide, the wide mass, you know, of audience, uh, you know, not, not, not taking it too fast and too far and simplifying it. 
you know, by by bands like Scorpions and stuff like that, um, they kind of really, really simplified everything and, uh, you know, make people believe that they can do it too, you know, and this kind of stuff. So everybody has a role to play, and uh, but mine was in the 70s, and, and I laid it out for the 80s, which I didn't know, it just, you know, now I... I'm seeing it because of, you know, when, when Rudolf called me up in the early 80s, hey, Michael, he was in the States and they were touring. They were playing your guitar style. I said, no way. <laughs> you know, I couldn't understand because I, I did not do anything uh, on purpose. I, I just had fun playing and I had no expectations of anything because I already enjoyed the moment of doing it all. But the middle years, it, it, it was that was the time that was teaching me what actually happened in my first part of my life and now in the third part of my life I can consciously uh, continue what I unconsciously um, started and, uh, and and enjoy and take it to the next level and it's pretty <laughs> a pretty kind of interesting um, you know uh, three parts mm. of my life how, how one goes to the other and but without the middle years I could not be doing what I am doing today you know so so I, 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 uh, the, the middle years are the reason why I, you know, enjoy being on stage now and, and developed. I did a lot of, you know, um, focused a lot of uh, personal development as well in the middle years. And so that all worked out and all uh, paid off. You know, now it's just, it's just like, uh, just like fun all over the place. Well, you certainly deserve it. That's for sure. And, you know, and it's true. You. you know, I, I remember, you know, we'd all be trying to figure out, you know, what's Michael Shanker doing? And as soon as someone figured out about the whole, oh, the whole cock thing, it was like, really? Like we've been trying to do weird vibrato. We've been trying to do all kinds of amp settings. It's like, really? And, and from there, it just, you know, I think it, it took off with a whole, a whole group of us that were like, all right, now we understand what's going on with this. And even, you know, and it continues today. I think this year alone, I think there's been three different stomp boxes that have come out that do nothing but have a, you know, you stomp it and you have a set cock to wah sound. So you don't even need the treadle anymore. And, and I just think, wow, it's just like the Michael Shanker influence is still alive and well, even in 2016, which is great to see. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, basically, I, I feel like today, looking back, that I have been preserved for this, you know, third third part. And, uh, you know, I mean, so many great musicians have died already. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, John Bonham, my, my favorite musician of all time, you know, um, unbelievable. But, uh, you know, all these incredible contributions. And so... You know, I'm I, I'm happy to be still alive and 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 actually can now completely you know keep being myself and actually you know and now people actually understanding it it's it's twice as much fun you know it's right. just it's just because in the beginning it you know, the people it appeared to me that many people didn't understand what I was doing and and it wasn't. Well, definitely not in Germany. And when I moved to England, of course, I was in, in the in the place where most of the music came from that I like. And uh, you know, but but you know, I I use I fell in love with Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and Deep Purple. That is basically the style of music, neo metal music, um, that I use as a screen. Uh, my fascination and my originality is more within the single screen playing. You know, I'm fascinated. What I can, what can be done with one single string and distortion? You know, the combination of how many times do you hit it? What do you do when it, when the note is on? Do you vibrate? Do you, 
uh, stop it? Do you hit it again? Do you hit it twice? Whatever, you know, and then where do you jump next with the next note? That, that's the place, you know. So it's, I'm a lead guitarist, you know. Mm -hmm. I love lead guitar. That is where I go on a journey with. And I just use music, the style that I've chosen. You know, I didn't choose pop music or this or that. I, I chose, you know, like rock, heavy rock music. And, um, and the guitar is the incredible um, and with the distortion, um, uh, there's almost no limit to pure self-expression, you know, if you choose to do that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And you're right, you can sit down and just you just mess around with one string and you just start playing with intervals and you could s just sit there for hours and it's just, you you'll lose track of time. It's it can, uh, it's really yeah. encompassing. Yeah. It's amazing that, you know, f through all this time too, it's still pretty much, it's the same setup. You know, you're still using Flying V through a Marshall. It's like, you, you know, didn't follow any trends or anything. You just, you followed like what you, you know, your own inner voice all the time. This is what you use. And, uh, and that's, I mean, that's great to see as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 um, what can I say? It's like, you know, I mean, I changed from, from Gibson to Dean, mm -hmm. uh, only because Dean came up in 2004 or five, whenever it was, uh, when I was in Chicago and they <laughs> he just came, comes up to sound, to sound check and says, hey, Michael, I want you to play this. And I'm okay. I played it and Uli was on stage as well because he was supporting MSG on a, on a, a US tour. And, you know, and, and, and I went like, wow, this is a great guitar. And Uli, wow, what is this? And so, you know, we both ended up playing a uh, Dean guitar and, uh, uh, even Leslie West joined, <laughs> and uh, anyway, it, it was just like such a great bunch of people, and and you know they made me such a great offer, and and you know it was it was impossible to to refuse. So that was a reason for me to 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 move forward, uh, and because I got really really supported by those guys, and the bloody guitar was incredible, singing everywhere, and it. The way the strength went from the back, you know, from behind the body, so embracing more of the guitar to to uh, uh, attach to the to the body uh, from the from behind. I have no idea. I mean, technically, I I don't really. I'm not that good, you know. But but I know when something sounds good and plays well, and 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 so that's what it comes down to. And you know, when something like that happens, you know, uh, I, I I do make I do make changes, but. The main thing is, you know, it's like, um, you know, you change something to to move forward, you know, not you know, not going backwards, and so, so that that was definitely a good a good good moment. And um, other than that, I have never. Yeah. By the way, I mean, you know, the the, the Marshall Twenty Two or Five apparently has been designed, you know, after I, I went to Marshall Factory in the early. 80s, and we started, uh, um, you know, working on a on a Mikoshenka model, uh, Marshall, but we never completed it. And uh, and then my UFO amp broke down in '84, and I had to look for a new amplifier. And I was looking and looking, and I tried so many different amplifiers until I played the, the Marshall 2205, and I went like, wow, this this sounds great, and uh, and it kind of. And then, and then, you know, only a little later, somebody, you know, came up to me in New York and said, like, did you know that this, that this is actually, you know, built after your design? And you must be joking. And it's so weird that I chose that amplifier, you know, obviously because I designed it, but <laughs> I never got any credit for it. But, uh, 
you know, so no wonder it, it had qualities that I recognized as, as, as you know, something that I want. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a touch, a tiny bit of touch of a wah-wah sound in it that is hardly noticeable. That's why I can play less wah-wah pedal today. And uh, plus all the wah-wahs, I, I, I think the, the Dimebag uh, wah-wah pedal is a really good wah-wah pedal. But uh, I start, uh, you know, in the, in the when I was playing the, the, the wild pedals a lot, they, as they got older, they got worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. They made so much noise and, yeah. <laughs> and the sound got thinner and thinner and got, and I didn't even notice, you know, only later did I realize, wow, I have to stop this. This is getting so thin and stupid. And so I, I just, you know, cut out Wawa altogether and, and just, you know, um, looked for a normal, um, you know, richer sound and, and that's how, and, and by now, I'm, I'm hardly playing any, but I still connect it through my loop. Uh, it adds to the quality of my sound. But, uh, you know, and so anyway, there is uh, always a reason to move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. I, I, I yeah, my, my old Wawa from the 70s, I basically, same thing. It got to be so noisy. And it was such a, it was like having, you know, like postpartum depression. Like, oh, I got to get a new Wawa. Like, I'm just so attached to this one. But it's not, like you said, it's not a, like total yeah. crowd. And then, of course, I go out and I, I end up buying the, the Zach Wild one. And the reason I bought the Zach Wild one was because it had a really adjustable treadle pressure so that I could actually put it in a position and do the Michael Shanker sound. That was like, that was my, yeah. my oh, one qualification okay. was, will this thing hold the position no matter what? And it's like, yep, it does. Okay. It sounds great. It's got the old oh, facile maybe, inductor. Maybe I should... Maybe yeah, I try that one. Try it out. I recognize something there that is useful for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And again, and again, it's got the it's got the old original facile inductor from the early seventies oh. crybabies too. So it's got the the real old school sounds. So you might like that one. Yeah, I, I check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, again, I, it makes me feel good to know that you're out there having fun. That you know, you obviously look like it on the DVD. Uh, you know, I was talking to uh, to Carmine a piece last night, and we, you know. We're talking about the fact that, yeah, he's a great guy, right? And, uh, and you know, talking about the fact that, you know, we're all getting older, that, that people are dying and, and, you know, people are, you know, just dropping off the, off the map. And, and it's great to see that, you know, all the people like you, like Carmine, that one, people are, are looking and going, wow, these guys were, these guys are musicians. They're, they're incredible. They're not just a personality. They really have something else to offer us. And it's great that people are going back and rediscovering and appreciating all the great stuff that guys like you and, and Carmine and Joe Perry and, and all those folks bring and able to get that, you know, be able to let you guys go out, have fun and be, be appreciated again. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had a chance to actually look at the, uh, at any of the packaging for the DVD at all? Did, did they send you a copy? Say that? Did you have a chance to look at any of the packaging of the DVD or the Blu-ray at all? Well, this- yeah, I'm still actually wondering if there's going to be a, a vinyl, uh, you know, we are currently. I'm I'm checking on mm. asking my record company if they're actually thinking of putting this on vinyl. But there's different types of. There's a limited deluxe. There's a very normal one mm-hmm. that uh, you know the the usual just normal. Uh, there's a there's a CD and then there is a DVD CD, but just normal. And then there is a a limited deluxe collection edition with, with extra pictures and and. I'm I'm not sure what what you can do with that. What 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 uh, are there bonuses on it? And uh, there is like uh, footage of rehearsal and uh, 
the tour, the start of the tour, and uh, you know, like this just sound check and rehearsal and my guitars and yeah. you know additional information on the additional stuff to watch on the on the collector's edition. Right. And, uh, but the, but I think the thinner and it's more like a book. It's, it's bigger. It looks like a right. like a book. And the other one is it's just like a DVD, like a normal DVD cup, a DVD box. Right. It's yeah. The smaller, thinner one. I think that's just the basics. And uh, but I can't. I don't know if you can watch. Um, you know the 3D listening effect. I don't know if that's possible with both of them. If they are, they must be both Blu-ray, right? Because I'm not a very technical person, and I don't really want. I don't really get. Don't want to get into. I. I don't. I don't go in the store and and do like virt, virtual reality and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I. I prefer to stay in 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 this world, <laughs> and and so I. I don't really occupy. And it's tempting, but I don't want to get sidetracked with it. That, yeah. that, that's the thing. So I. I stay. I want to stay in this world. Um, and 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 just um, you know keep doing what I'm doing, which is pure self-expression, and stay in touch with my insights and and create new colors and put them outward, and keep doing it until you know until the end, because yeah. that has been my focus all this. I I I, I unconsciously or in- intuitively knew when I was 17 that, that that's what I needed to do and. I stayed away from listening to others' music and and for 43 years now, and uh, I stopped copying people since I was 17. So I don't have any grooves in my head that 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 makes me other than maybe my own. But I, you know, I I, const, I constantly play and discover, which means I am on a you know like a like a, a treasure hunting. Right. Um, you know, I I you know when you when you when you hunt for gold, you know, you you enjoy your journey as you're looking for it. And then when you find it, wow, you know, you, you have you have a you know a piece of something special and you put it in your pocket. And that's what I do with the guitar playing. I call it play and discover. And so, you know, that's what I've been doing all my life. And when I discover something then that is my piece of gold and I collect those pieces until it's time for the next album. And so from one album to the next, I already have new sprinkles that I can put, you know, in a, in a, in on, on an album that, uh, you know, it, it, it just, you know, gives little, 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 little sparkles of, 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 um, uh, you know, a, a, a new, new little sprinkles, you know, that sure. that make that make an album, um, you know, interesting, just by discovering those those sprinkles. But I guess that's more for the expert, you know. <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm an expert playing for experts, basically. You know, <laughs> I'm I become I become a trend maker rather than a trend follower, and so. It's uh, not necessarily an easy thing to understand what uh, an artist does for the normal person, but the guitarists, the musicians themselves, they 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 understand, and uh, and it seems like that's what I do. I play for the musicians, you know. But lately, you know, in this last few years, there is a lot of newcomers and a lot of people that uh, looking for more than just the, the usual ACDC thing that we have been. You know, surrounded by for 45 years. So everybody knows those chords. Now everybody owns a guitar, 
basically, and everybody plays three or four chords, you know, and uh, I think people start digging a little deeper, looking a little bit for the next the next thing, because you can only do one thing for so long, and then it gets stagnant, and right. and, and people develop, and then I think we kind of at, at, at a turnaround time for, for where, you know, he embraces it all, you know, especially I embrace my past and my present, and I put it all together, and that's what my current show is about, um, you know, and then all the all the emotions that have been accumulated from all these years and you put it all in, into one, you know, and then and it gives it that extra effect again. Right, yeah. You know, I think you're probably about the only guitarist or actually any musician that I talk to that ever has that kind of outlook. And that's probably what part of the reason I really like talking to you as well is that you, you're this very spiritual musician and, and you've always been that way. And every time I talk to you, it makes me actually walk away and reflect a lot about the way that I approach music as well. And uh, so, you know, besides doing all that you do, I think you're also uh, more of an inspiration than you probably know to a, to a whole lot of us. Yeah. And, and you know, when I was, when, when Rudolf called me up uh, in the early 80s and, and I'm looking at and t told me that, you know, because I, I was told only years later, like in the 90s, I found out about Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard and Iron Maiden and all of that being sent. And, uh, you know, if I look back, I know what, I mean, I know what happened, you know, because if you do something, I mean, anybody can do it. It's just making that choice, you know, like if you have, um, if you decide to, to look inside yourself and then express something um, that only you have, because, you know, nobody can look inside you. We're all individuals. And so we all have some unique, uh, something unique to, to express. And so if a person decides to open up and, 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 and express themselves, that means it's a color is being released that nobody has ever seen before mm. because it comes from you. It's only inside you. And so the people, when they, and, and I did that constantly, I constantly expressed those, those colors. And, and especially when people, when many people or the commercial machine, um, you know, the trend copies the trend and, and recycles. Uh, it, it, it gets watered down and, and it's more of the same. Maybe they add a bit of their own color to it, but it can only go so far. And then people, people when they hear something, you know, out of the ordinary meaning like, wow, this, what is this? You know, well, it, it's, it's pure self-expression that hasn't been around anywhere <laughs> because... It comes out of my 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 inner world, the infinite, the infinite, and so you know, many everybody can do that, but it's a choice to make, and uh, that is basically how you um, you know you create your own style. is basically a byproduct of 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 uh, doing what you you know doing something how you see it. But you know, some people don't have the confidence to do that, and. The motivation on why, you know, uh, people play music is also different for different people, you know. And so some people, they want to get a, pie, a part of the, they want to get a, um, a piece of the pie of a trend, you know, which causes, because it's, it's a commercial wide mass, that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know, and the whiteness is always there, where it's easy to understand, and uh, and, uh, and and where the trend is, and where everybody wants something, and it becomes a fashion. But you know, if you do something that is 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 not part of that, it's uh, it, it it takes much longer to be recognized, and and it usually gets picked up first by the musicians, you know, not right. really by the, by ordinary people. But um, you know, everybody makes their choice on on how to pursue. But I always say nothing right, nothing wrong, musically speaking. Uh, nothing right, nothing wrong. Just do your thing and stay strong. You know, I mean, just do what makes you happy. And uh, you know, if 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 you know, many people think they don't believe in themselves. They don't think what if they express themselves that they have anything to offer. They, they might not understand that there is not such a thing. Sure. <laughs> Everybody has got something special to offer if they make the choice to open up and, and be themselves. And uh, But I guess it's not as, as that, that simple for, for everybody. I mean, easy. It's maybe not that easy for everybody because they think nothing comes out of it. And so they go the safer way of um, being part of a trend because it's already proven people like it. So I, I just uh, do something like that. And, uh, and then people feel like they're part of something. But anyway, that's how it goes. <laughs> and uh, just keep on rocking. Yeah. I hope you n never change your outlook and your approach to music because that would be a terrible thing. I like what you come out with. And the fact that you're able to do it with with a with a band in a band context as well, or any context that you do it, still Michael Shanker shines through. It's it's great that uh, that it just continues. So and I appreciate Thank it. You. I know that you know a huge mass of us also appreciate it as well. Thank you. It's been great to spend a little time on a on a well for me a Saturday morning. Um, yeah, <laughs> with you, and uh, all like I said, always great to talk to you. Hopefully, it won't be another three years till I talk to you again. But uh, I know you're a busy guy. You're much in demand. And any small amount of time I get to, to spend with you and, and let you get your word out to, to all of our listeners is hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. All right, Michael. Have a great rest of the day and a great weekend. And hopefully I'll see you on tour sometime soon. Absolutely. Take right. care. Thank you. Bye, Michael. Bye-bye.
What a great way to start a Saturday, talking to Michael Shanker about new releases, talking to him about guitars, all that stuff. I mean, for a gearhead like me, what a great way to start the day. But again, if you haven't picked it up yet, go out and pick up Michael Shanker's Temple of Rock on a Mission live in Madrid. Really, really good stuff. 22 tracks on this thing, stuff from Temple of Rock, stuff from UFO, stuff from Scorpions on here as well. Just a lot of really great stuff. And every last song, good stuff. And, um, you know, no word of a lie here. I popped this one in, watched the whole thing. When it was all done, went back and watched the whole thing all over again. Just couldn't stop watching it. Great stuff. Really well done. Well shot. Equal time for everybody. Good stuff. And a lot of a lot of good stuff. If, you know, you like things like Love Drive, Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast sounds freaking awesome on here. And uh, even having Wayne Finley come out and doing some of the solos on Rocky Like a Hurricane. Getting here, you know, too hot to handle, rock bottom, but as well as a lot of great stuff from Temple of Rock, like Where the Wild Winds Blow. And of course, the one I just played, Vigilante Man, Savior Machine, just a lot of good stuff on here. Man, did I just set the world record for the number of times that someone would say the word stuff in a five-minute period? I think I just did. So big thanks to Michael Shanker for coming on, Focus on Metal once again. And if you want to keep up with what Michael is doing, you can go to michaelshankerhimself.com so up next is another frequent focus on metal guest my buddy fang von raffenstein from lords of the trident if you've listened to focus on metal for any length of time then you know who lords of the trident are if not then you're going to get your opportunity to discover them this week. Always a good time when Fang comes on the show, so I don't know what the hell I'm waiting for. I think I'll derail my conversation with the mighty Fang Von Rathenstein of Lords of the Trident. All right, I am honored once again that he has taken time out from the battles of Trident Tour 2016 to talk to us humble folks here at Focus on Metal. And of course, I'm talking about Fang, the almighty from Lords of the Trident. How are we doing tonight? <laughs> doing very well. How are you doing? Awesome. Awesome. You guys have definitely been busy, and I noticed you got a ton of tour dates up doing the Trident Tour and uh, and good stuff. It seems like uh, you guys are uh, definitely running at an all-time high. Absolutely. We are very excited. This is going to be our first international pillaging expedition that we've ever done. Uh, so we're very, very excited to be doing that. Um, and, you know, it's just, just good to be back on the road, you know, get, get the Trident Mobile, have a few more, uh, a few more miles on the old odometer, uh, hopefully not a few more breakdowns. We've taken it to, you know, a couple of independent chariot uh, experts, you know, uh, and, and, and sort of just gotten you know opinion a opinion b sort of how you get like a you know second opinion from your doctor we've taken it to seven eight twelve chariot experts and they all say yep it's ready to roll uh so we're hopefully not going to break down you know in the middle of of nowhere canada uh (laughs) fingers crossed you know there you go well if you do make sure you're fully stocked with lords of the trident soap <laughs> oh, we always have that. Let me let me tell you, no other uh, uh, merchandise item has made the otherwise smelly Trident Mobile smell so very fragrant and nice. You know, <laughs> it's 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 one that you know. I, I've I've always joked that our tours should be sponsored by Febreze, but now that we've got this soap, it's like, man, you just have the you know, you have the soap bag in the back of the you know with the rest of the merch, and you're like. Ah, I'm ready to get back on the road. It's so nice and 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 fresh in here for some reason. <laughs> you know, you can barely you can barely smell the other guys. It's really nice. <laughs> so, of, of course, a lot of things have happened since last time I got a chance to talk to you. And one thing we definitely want to talk about, and I did post up about it and everything, let people know about it. But it's always great to hear it from you as well. Is the fact that you guys are now on Patreon. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I I fully believe um, that the way forward for any independent band out there uh, is going to be direct patronage, um, you know, direct connection with the fans. I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of us can agree that that uh, the, the traditional um, record label model is is more or less dead at this point, um, or on its last legs, uh, and so. You know, being able to to jump on a Patreon and, and to jump on and and uh, and create uh, a community uh, of 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 super fans, you know, that they get together and and you know, we post all this behind the scenes stuff and we get a lot of interaction. Uh, it's really been, you know, to be honest, uh, outside of the whole you know money aspect, it's been really really useful to be able to interface with people who are just you know, super stoked about what you're doing uh, and, and to be able to get immediate feedback. Like, for example, you know, some of our, our higher-end Patreon levels, the $8 a month and above, they get access to all these all this behind-the-scenes stuff that we're doing. So they get access to, like, early demos and early lyrics and, and videos and stuff like that, you know, and, and we've gotten some really good, legitimate feedback in terms of, like, oh, you know, I think this song is a little bit too much blah, or I really like this song over this song, uh, and and it's really helped to sort of mold the direction of the ne- of the next album. And I, you know, I, I love having that direct feedback, especially when it's, you know, I, and I know I realize that a lot of it's coming from a place of, of people who are really jazzed about just about anything we're doing. But you know, a, a lot of the feedback that we've been getting from these people uh, is pretty direct and is pretty, I, I, you know, honest. I'd say, um, and I love getting that. I love getting that sort of feedback. Yeah, yeah, and it was cool as a, a longtime follower of the band to see how how quickly the, you were uh, you were getting successful on Patreon as well. So that was cool. Nice to see you guys had that much support, and uh, and definitely uh, you know a good way that you laid it out. And I think just I think you're right. It it is a really great way for bands to connect, but also to kind of it's almost going back to the ancient model of of actually having patronage and all that. So just I think a very cool thing. Exactly. Yeah, you, you can be a patron of your lords, you know, patron of the arts. <laughs> Very nice. It's like, you know, it was Mozart and now you guys. So, uh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> No, very, very cool. And uh, and I think also since last time we talked, um, as I think last time, I don't think you guys had the Baron in the band yet. Has it been that long? I think it Dude. has. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, the years just slip by, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually just uh, very recently... Uh, presented the Baron with a uh, Employee of the Year plaque uh, to mark his one-year anniversary in the band, um, so which he, he thought was very hilarious. So that was great. Um, but yes, uh, you know it's it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, having new blood in the band, working working with him. Um, the man is is a writing machine. I mean, really, honest to God, he's amazing. He he just writes and writes and writes and writes. Um, he came uh, just to sort of give you an example. He came to we we, we asked uh, of the people who were auditioning, right? We asked them to come with a song or a song idea that was slightly, you know, uh, just a little bit prepared, not completely fleshed out. Uh, more or less, what we were trying to do is a getting an uh, get an idea of their writing style, and b more and and more to the point on this, get an idea of how they would be uh, in terms of like teaching the other uh, members of the band their ideas what how they would be you know to uh receiving feedback and yeah. and, and and stuff like that and uh, and yeah the baron showed up with three full songs with like bass and drum tr- tracks and like uh, music charts <laughs> <laughs> and we're like uh, okay i guess 
All right, he can write. All right, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's he's you know he's churned out. I mean, I've seen a number of his ideas. He, you know, so far he's churned out um, four. What, what is it? Three, three or four full songs, and he's rearranged uh, one of Asian Metal's songs. And it's just so fantastic to be able to have that sort of you know uh, a musical direction uh, in the band in terms of somebody really kind of taking the reins on their on their end, you know, and really just sort of uh, stepping up to the plate and doing all that. Nice, nice, yeah. No, it's, it's uh, very good you guys were able to get a, another great player in there as well, so it's always good to know the, the legacy continues on. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you know, of course, one thing we we have to definitely discuss is the uh, – is the Beyonce cover and the and the video that went with it? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, everybody loves that video, and or everybody hates that video. It's one of the two, you know. It's <laughs> so yeah. T- uh, so for the for for your listeners who are not familiar, um, we had uh, so we did a Kickstarter for Frostburn, our last album, and one of the uh, one of the higher pledge levels on the Kickstarter was make Lords of the Trident play any song you want. And initially we had set it out where we, you know, we, we thought about this, like, okay, we'll play this song live, uh, you know, for, uh, at, at, the, at the gig of your choice. You know, you get to say, okay, I want you to play this song, cover this song, and, and play it in this gig. Well, that was all fine and good, but then we got, we got a, a, a pledge from Alaska, and uh, and we're like, oh, uh, huh, all right, well, you know, and then we had one from Seattle, and we're like, yeah, you know, we, we want to make it out there, but we don't have that in our plans for at least the next, you know, year, year and a half, so it's like, I don't know if they really want to wait that long for this. Um, so what we decided to do uh, is instead of playing it live, we would just record it. Well, one of the people that pledged uh, decided to have a little fun with us, and they re- and they said, "I want you guys to cover Beyonce's Diva." And now I had never heard the song before, and I'm sure you had probably never heard the song before, nope. most listeners, and ever. And you know, so we pulled it up. This song is, you know, if you haven't heard the original, it's just drum and bass and Beyonce singing. There is no tune. There's no music behind it. It's basically just drum and bass and Beyonce. And so we're sitting here like. What? How in the hell are we going to make this into a metal song? And and so we kind of just churned it over in our heads for a long time. And the Baron finally suggested, well, why don't we make it into like a Gent cover? Because Gent is pretty percussive, you know, to begin with. Uh, so we ended up doing that. And the more and more we worked on the song, and the more and more we, you know, referenced the original song, the original video, I it, it it got some wheels turning in my head, and I was watching this video, and I'm like, you know, this is really just Beyonce dancing in a warehouse, and then she blows up a car at the end, and it's like, those are two things that I can definitely do. Like, what if we did a shot for shot remake of this music video? Um, and and I just kind of had that in my brain the whole time while we were recording this, and you know, I just decided to act on it. So <laughs> that's there's the final result. Yeah, I laugh my ass off when I when I watch it. I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. Yet I can believe they're doing this. So, yep, it seems outside of our wheelhouse, but slightly still inside of it for some reason. For some yeah, reason. yeah, definitely. And if, you know, for those of you guys out there that are would also want your own personal copy, I think you guys actually do still have a couple copies of that CD available at uh, lordsofthetrident.com dot com on your merch store, don't you? That's correct. Yep, we have uh, physical CDs available of all of our albums thus far, and we do still have copies. Uh, we had a limited run of uh, the, uh, the EP requests, which was uh, where the 
where the Beyonce song uh, was 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 placed, um, and uh, and we also have we also still have a very very limited amount of the European edition of Frostburn. So if you want uh, sort of a Lords of the Trident collectible, uh, I would uh, recommend picking that one up because we only have we only we started out with a hundred and we only have a handful of them left. So if you want to pick up something that we definitely won't be able to reprint uh, outside of Europe, uh, I would I recommend picking that one up sooner rather than later. Definitely. I mean, good stuff up there. And, and of course, you know, you, you know, you talk about Frostburn and, you know, you're out there playing a lot of live dates. Are you doing a lot of stuff off of Frostburn now? Yeah, you know, a lot of, I mean, the the, re, the reaction to Frostburn was really great, which I, I you know, I really appreciated and enjoyed. Um, I really felt like Frostburn was, was definitely our, our 
our magnum opus, so to speak, you know, uh, uh, to this date. So we are playing a number of songs off of Frostburn, but we still do have a few of the the old the old hits, the quote unquote hits, the old favorites um, from Chains on Fire and Plan of Attack, and we even have one off of uh, of Death's Sandwich, our first album. Um, but we are also playing on this tour. Uh, we are also playing brand new material uh, off of the next album that we have ready and uh, uh, ready to go. Uh, plus, uh, I don't want to give it away. It's 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 a secret cover that we've been working on for you know all of maybe a week now. <laughs> but uh, I, I think people will really it's 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 kind of out of left field, uh, uh, sort of in the same vein as as the Beyonce cover. I think people will really get a kick out of it. Nice, nice. That's good. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I just, I didn't think that you guys were going to be able to outdo Plan of Attack. Out comes Frostbrand. And it's like, I should have known better. Like, holy shit. And, and I've had, got a few other people into you guys, and they're all like, like, Wow, this band's incredible! It's like, yeah, there's like there's great bands out there. You just gotta you gotta listen for them. So, uh, yeah, everyone that I played Frostburn for, pretty much to a person, has been like just blown away by it. So it's great to to just see people's eyes light up when you introduce them to the Lords. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, being the uh, proselytizing for your Lords, if you will. <laughs> well, you have to, you have to do that. You know, it's. Uh, Otherwise, you might have to get get engaged in battle, and I I, I can't win that. So that's right. <laughs> it's the only way to survive. So uh, um, obviously, you know, you guys have been doing a crap ton of dates, and, and how's this? How's the uh, how the dates been going? Uh, you know, so far, well, we, so far, so good. We've got uh, we had to take a little bit of time off um, in uh, sort of the late winter uh, because I was, well, you know, I, I'm I'm a type of guy who likes likes a dragon fight, you know, just like anybody else. Um, well, you know, go figure. I was fighting a few dragons uh, uh, late. What was it? Probably late November or something. Well, I slipped on, you know, one of the one of the old piles of gold that was lying around, and 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 I ended up. Tearing my ACL in my knee—that's uh, what the barbarian doctors say. Um, so I ended—I actually ended up going under the knife for that. I got the finest barbarian doctor in the land. Um, you know, he he put me on the operating table. He gave me a, a couple of a couple of bottles of whiskey. Um, started going at the knee. He he brought out this club. But thankfully, Dr. Vitus was there, you know, our drummer, and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he basically relieved him of duty and, and did the job right. Um, uh, apparently, when you get an ACL replacement, there's one uh, option. You can either take, like, a new ACL from your hamstring uh, or, like, your uh, patella tendon, which is the thing that holds on the little top of your knee thing. Uh, but I thought the most metal option would be to take it from a cadaver, right? Have like a dead guy's ACL replacing, you know? And, and of course, we have a lot of, uh, you know, we do a lot of battles. We have a lot of fresh corpses lying around. So I thought, you know, that would be the best way. Well, Dr. Vitus, you know, he's, he's the medical professional. And he's like, yeah, there's a higher rate of re-injury on those corpse ACLs. If you do it again, then go for it. But, you know, so I decided to use my own hamstring, you know. And uh, so I was, I was laid up for a little bit, which was, you know, for, a, for an active barbarian like myself, it was a very difficult difficult time period you know the doctors say no no uh no knife fights uh, no battles no dragons the only thing i could really do is arm wrestle so you know like one of my arms got really really jacked and then the other arm just sort of you know it's like it's like a like a 12 year old boy basically (laughs) um so so you know we 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 had some downtime for a while um 
and in terms of live performance now you know i don't want to say that it was complete downtime because it wasn't we we were focused 100% on writing new material for the album which is why at, you know at this point we've got uh probably 6 to 7 songs that are close to completely demoed out you know most of them have like uh, lyrics on the demos and and things like that and a lot of the people who are on patreon uh have heard at least three to four of these new demos already um and we've been getting a lot of really good feedback so so a lot of that quote-unquote downtime was really reserved specifically for writing uh and specifically for sort of you know retooling some of the baron's ideas into uh to make them a little bit more lordly if you will Mm. (laughs) so i mean it sounds like with with what you guys are putting together for the for new music that maybe later on this year if we're lucky might it all come together you know i've been saying i've been saying on uh on, on many interviews that i i want to start recording this uh, I I want to do this uh, fall of this year. I really want to start getting in the studio and 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 uh, recording this fall of this year. Of course, it, you know I, I say that, and you know I said for Frostbird, oh yeah, a couple months we'll be in the in the studio, you know, and then like six months down the line we're we're there. So it, it really is um, dependent on you know on on how how good we think the ideas are because uh, you know we we've gotten we we've, we've never really. Um, we've never really put like crap uh, or, or a song that we didn't really fully believe in mm. on an album. Um, and, and specifically for this next album, uh, we are planning on overwriting, right? So we're going to, we're going to, we're shooting for maybe a, a, you know, nine to 10 song album. Uh, but we're writing, we want to write 12 to 15 songs uh, for two purposes. A, so that we can, you know, pick the best out of those 15 songs and really have it be a real strong album because i mean let's face it you know with frostburn we have a lot to live up to essentially yeah yeah uh and and then b we also are very interested in courting um like a japanese label mm-hmm. and and perhaps you know uh a, a different label some some of the different labels they at least for for distribution they want you to have uh, songs that are speci- you know you, the the Japanese version has two extra songs that no of you know none of the other right. albums have or the European edition has these two songs and that's how they you know I- that's how they engage people in actually buying the physical CD because you know these, this is the only version that you can get with these two songs on it or or whatnot um, and initially this year um, in uh, February before I knew about all the you know all the, the surgery and stuff like that uh, I. We we were uh, in the final dealings of, of setting up a Japan tour uh, with the band Death Dealer out of California. Oh, nice! Um, and and I was super excited about that because you know um, Asian metals, uh, you know, native Japanese speaker. Um, he taught me also to speak Japanese. Uh, so I mean, so we've got we've sort of have the language skills to get around and do the things. Um, but uh, you know, at the very last moment when we were in these in these negotiations with Death Dealer, it turns out that that their label. Uh, drop them just sort of out of the blue without any sort of justification it's just all, all of a sudden bam dropped and so with that drop you know they, they lost the tour and so we lost the tour as well uh so there was a lot of people a lot of fans in japan a lot of uh, friends of ours and stuff that were really stoked to see us coming through um you know and i had to deliver the bad news that uh, we weren't going to make it um, so, you know, I'd like to sort of resuscitate that idea, hopefully uh, early early next year, you know, once we have the album out, I'd really like to hit 
something you know although canada is 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 international right you know yep. it's sort of a baby step international it's an international you can drive to right that's right <laughs> so we'd like to get we'd like to try for an international that you have to fly to um just as a you know to, to flex our our muscles a bit yeah nice and and uh you know the thing is i've i've always kind of been you know, like watching now the album release time frames and all that and and i think that that if uh, like if you don't end up getting it like towards the end of the year, then you probably should wait a few months into 2017. If, if it's always that thing of of uh, you know, especially if you're like a big metal fan, that by the time the end of the year comes and you're trying to think of what your best albums were for the year and all those best of lists come out and all that, it seems like anybody who puts out an album in January, February, March, and usually part of April is screwed no matter how good the album is and how much you were like you just had like super metal hard on for like for months about it it's by december you like you forget about it so it's like just like avoid those four months right right well you know i i will say there there has been a and you know i i'm i'm supremely guilty of this but there has been a an inclination to to want to release our album as soon as it's done mm. you know i, I like i think I think the people, the, the super fans that are following us sort of deserve that. They don't deserve to be sort of led on, you know, for a long time. Like, oh, we've got the album. Or it's, it's sitting in a vault, you know, in, in the back of our crypt, you know, locked behind 12 steel cages or something like that. You know, I, I, I think it, it needs to be out there. And a lot of the guys want to put it out as soon as possible. But you are right. You know, there, there is a... There, there is a lead up that you have to create. You have to get the music videos going. You have to get the PR going, and you have to decide when the best time for the band, in terms of like a tour, you know, would be to re to release this album. So I think, um, you know, historically we've been uh, sort of ignorant about that whole thing. We say we'll just put it out when it's done, and we'll figure out the details later. I think for this next one, we're going to be a little bit more calculating mm. in terms of when it's released, making sure that we have music videos ready to go. I already have a whole bunch of ideas that I want to pursue in terms of the music videos. Uh, and we recently renovated uh, our our uh, practice space in the Mohorovic discontinuity down here, 13 miles beneath the Earth's crust. And we added a green screen wall, which I have wanted for forever. Uh, so now we can do all sorts of crazy, insane green screen effects. Yeah. It's going to be great.
especially now, right, where bands, it's up to the bands, like, to make it all happen for themselves. And, and I think, you know, being able to, to get some video content out there a little bit before the album on YouTube, get the excitement building and, and all that. And if you know how to do it, it it's, it's well worth your while. And the labels, they're not going to do it for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's really about the direct patronage. And I think, I don't want to say it's a war between uh, the, the bands that will work the hardest, but I think it's it's sort of a contest, right? The bands that get the uh, that get the interviews, that get the attention, that get the response are the bands that are themselves, not a label, not a, you know, their own, not a PR guy, not a this or that. Mm. The bands themselves who are willing to work harder than any of the other bands that they are, you know, I guess you could say competing with or in the same market with. Right. Um, I, 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 you know, I hate to say, uh, doing this for many years, I hate to say, you know, competition or war because, you know, what I've found more than anything else is that the, the rising tide, you know, raises all ships. It's one of those things that it's been a, it's been a sort of a hallmark of this band and, and of my sort of leadership in this band specifically um, to, to help out uh, all the other bands that we come in contact with as much as I can. Um, because I, th- I think that for me, you know, I am, I am best when I'm being challenged by mm-hmm. the creativity of somebody else. Yeah. You know, um, so if I, you know, I've got this method to like print shirts, I'm going to show that I'm going to make uh, uh, videos and show it to everybody in the world so that somebody one ups me, you know, in terms of DIYness, and then I have to one up them, you know, that that's sort of a friendly competition where everybody's sharing knowledge and everybody is working off of everybody else's drive, I think is, is, is probably the best way to do it. And then, you know, and then, then nobody gets pissed when, you know, like, you know, you, you go and like, shiv their back tires on their band van you know and, and, <laughs> and, and you know like that that doesn't happen anymore you know it's 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 uh you know you, you, there's there's none of that animosity yeah yeah and uh you know another cool thing that i that uh is you know i've been a long time subscriber to to uh to guitar world and i know that whenever they they uh put in new columnists there's never a slouch it was very cool to uh hear that uh, the baron was going to be doing blog stuff for them i thought wow that's that's definitely a a nice step up for the lords as well yeah, we are very excited about that. Um, we, uh, we, you know, we brought a new PR guy on board, and he is just fantastic. Um, and and got Baron an uh, opportunity to have a, you know, a, a sort of a column in, in Guitar World. And we actually just shot his videos last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just edited them this morning, and we are, you know, we're we're very excited to to see that in print. Uh, and and uh, and see what the reaction will be uh, from that. I, I think it'll be good. You know, he's he's a He's he's a crazy monster player, you know. There's no one out there really like him. So I think uh, seeing the people's reaction to that uh, is going to be amazing. And and you know the the thing about the Baron that I think works really well in this scenario is that uh, you know uh, although although we'd love it, none of our none of us are, are independently wealthy. You know we've we we have to go out and make gold coins just like every other mortal out there. Um, so we you know we have have had to masquerade ourselves as everyday working mortals. And we, you know, we have the quote unquote day job. Well, the Baron's day job is actually, believe it or not, teaching guitar to people. So he is, he has years and years and years and years and years of experience teaching uh, guitar, especially very complicated guitar parts to other people. So I think he brings a lot of that, um, a lot of that experience in with him 
uh, in these in these columns, and I think it's 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 going to be one of those things that you know see, you see some guitar walkthroughs that are obviously created by people who don't really have a whole lot of idea of what teaching you know what teaching is. It's like oh, do this, you know, there yeah. you go, just just do that. I think I think it's going to be accessible to a lot more guitar players, both intermediate and advanced, uh, nice. the way that he's doing. Nice, that'll be that'll be cool. And I think you know you talk about the fact that he's come he comes in with the songwriting, you know. And, and the first time he comes in, he's got a whole bunch of songs. He's got them charted out, and it's I mean that's just tryout. And and uh, you know I'm kind of thinking now that one thing that's always missing in a lot of those columns is yeah they they teach you a lot about playing the weedily weedily type of stuff and all that, but. Uh, I know across the board one thing, and it's probably would help a lot of like beginner and intermediate players is really like how you play against other musicians and, and how you make that work. And if he's the guy that can 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 write that stuff and chart it out and stuff, then he might actually be the right guy to be able to get that whole effect through to a to a, a new generation of musicians. Yep, I agree completely. So you know, I'm I'm really excited to see where he's going to take this, and and really just to see the reaction. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it'll be a good reaction. Eh, you know, there's always the internet trolls out there, but we've got pretty thick skin. You know, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll roll with it. Yeah, this uh, it's always going to be that, right? You just like, yeah, you're almost. <laughs> you know, I actually really, I really enjoy. Uh, it's it's sort of a guilty pleasure of mine. I really enjoy hate mail. I really <laughs> do, you know, because my 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 sort of aspect, to, my my sort of mode of thinking on this is right. If somebody takes the time out of their day to like write. A, a, a hateful email or a hateful comment about your band, you've got to be doing something right, right. you know, because you're either, you're either really, really bad or you're really, really good. You're either getting a reaction of like, oh, I hate this band or, oh, I love this band. The thing that you never want as a band is somebody going, eh, they're all right. Yeah, they're okay. You know, right. I, want, I want like visceral reaction. I want people telling me like that I'm, you know, that I'm the worst thing ever, you know, since Hitler or <laughs> the, the best thing, you know, in the world. Uh, I don't ever want anybody going, yeah, Lars are trying to, yeah, they're all right. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love the hate mail. So I say, I say, bring it on. Awesome. There you go. Speaking about email and all that good stuff. Again, why don't you just shout out all the places that people can get a hold of, of you or, or Lords of the Tridents, because we want to make sure we get that every single time. Yes, well, uh, we are l pretty much literally everywhere on the internet. I took a, a barbarian night class in computers, so I learned how to you know make the web pages and do the Facebooks and all that sort of stuff. So our main website is www.lordsofthetrident.com. Dot com. From there, you can get to any of our social media sites. We are on Facebook.com slash Lords of the Trident, Twitter.com slash Lords of Trident, because we actually joined early enough that they concatenated all the usernames. So there you go. Uh, we're on Reverb Nation. We're on SoundCloud. We're on uh, Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on, I mean, like, you know, type Lords of the Trident into Google. We're basically the first 50 pages, and then it turns a little weird, you know, <laughs> after that. I've gone that deep, and you probably don't want to go that deep on the internet. But if but basically, if you want the long and short of it is, just go to lordsofthetrident.com, and you'll be able to link to all of our stuff from there. Right. And you do have a Patreon link up there as well, don't you? do. Yeah. Yep. Patreon.com slash lordsofthetrident. Nice and easy. There we go. I want to make sure we get that in as well. And, and yeah, definitely for anybody out there who hasn't gone up to, to Patreon and, and checked it out, it's definitely something to check out. And uh, again, lords are up there. There's lots of other people are up there. But if you get, you got to stop by lords first. Check that out. That's your mandatory first stop or bad things will happen. We have the coolest prizes. So <laughs> nobody else's prizes is as cool as us. 
And, you know, that is true because, you know, you look through that and you guys, I mean, you took a lot of time going through all the different levels and all that. Some other bands, you kind of go up there and they maybe they'll have like three levels and that's it. And you're thinking they didn't put a lot of thought into this. But you guys, in typical Lord's fashion, really put a lot of thought into what you guys put up for that. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, you know, we try to really we try to really chart out what we think it could be what we what we'd like it to be and what we think it could be uh before we launch any of our our crowdfunding campaigns and and I should say uh one of the 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 Patreon prizes that's coming out very soon for the the backers that are on 6 $6 and above uh, are Patreon exclusive shirts so essentially if you back us at $6 or above um you get one uh or two depending on how, how high you back, uh, exclusive shirts sent to you for free in the mail uh, every year. And I am actually currently wearing one of the exclusive shirts. Uh, we just printed a bunch a couple nights ago, so those will be out in the mail very soon. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's been a very, like I said, it's been very, very fun interfacing with the people that uh, have been supporting us. And we want to make sure that those people who are supporting us feel like they're getting the bang for their buck. Right. Essentially. Nice. So you know, so we're uh, so we're really we're really inclined to to you know go above and beyond and put put more give more back than we than we you know prop than most bands probably do. Right. Um. Just because it the the amount of uh, the 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 cash that we get every month from Patreon, I mean, it helps out more than probably any individual backer knows you know it's it is it is uh, a band is is a business and it's it's expensive and there are monthly expenses and there are things that come up out of the blue you know sometimes we break down in west virginia and cry for three days and we have a three thousand dollar van bill you know uh sometimes you know sometimes bad things happen but the, the patreon stuff helps out more than than people know so i mean really uh if you're into uh, if you like our music and, and you and you want to support us, Patreon's a great way to do it. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, and you're right. I mean, I mean, being in a band, there's always crap that comes up. I that's that's one thing, and especially if you're doing stuff on the road. It's it's like a guarantee. There's always going to be stuff. I I definitely know that. So <laughs> yeah. So and of course, before I let you go, I mean, did I did I miss anything else that's big news or that uh, guys want to get across to everybody, or did I hit everything? I think you hit pretty much everything. Uh, I just reiterate one more time that you know our tour, our big U.S. and Canada tour, is coming up soon. So go to our website, lordsofthetrident.com, and check out the dates. If we are coming anywhere near you, you know, make sure to bar your windows, bar your doors, lock up your ladies, uh, and and you know, get your strongest warrior friends together and come out to the show. Um, we do say, you know, we there is a waiver. Uh, pretty extensive, you know, twelve-page waiver involved to get into the show. But we do say that anybody who gets to the front five rows uh, essentially gets a free ticket to Valhalla. So you know that that's kind of worth all of the paperwork in in a sense. So so get out there, support your lords, check us out online, and you know, leave us some feedback. Uh, tell us what you think on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. And definitely, and of course, if you're going to go to the shows and you're going to be in that first five rows, I probably recommend that before you do that, you pick yourself up a mace position t-shirt off of lordsthetrident.com get yourself a little familiar with some of the battle tactics before you actually attempt to go to the show absolutely you need some strong armor to survive and you know that that t-shirt is is absolutely guaranteed to at least keep your torso in one piece we right. can't guarantee the arms or the legs or anything like that you know anything not covered by lords of the trident gear it's free game but your torso will be okay 
Absolutely. And then, of course, you know, once you get back home, you want to make sure you got some Lloyd's the Trident soap just to to bring yourself back to the civilized smell that you want to be at when you go back to work. Exactly, you know, and then and then the more you clean with it, the the for the for the people out there who are not familiar, in the center is a is an authentic Lords of the Trident guitar pick. So it's like a Cracker Jack prize. The more you clean, the better you smell, and then you get a guitar pick on top of it. You know, you it's go. win-win. I mean, what other band covers all of your needs as well as Lords of the Trident? I don't think there there are none. No, no, we pretty much have the market on on metal soap. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I tell you, I, I really enjoy it. Every time I get a chance to talk to you, and uh, you know, if there's one person I, that I've had on that's been like, "Yeah, call back anytime. We'll we'll shoot the shit." It's it's definitely you. Um, always supporting you guys, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next album coming out as well, so I can more more Lords of Trident in my ear holes. Well, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. All right, man. Hope to talk to you again uh, real soon and uh, definitely enjoy the rest of the night. And I'm going to go order myself a special edition European version. Thank you so much. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you. All right, bye. All right. Big thanks once again to Fang for coming back on Focused on Metal. I think this is like his third or fourth time on the show. And for you guys, a reminder, go to lordsofthetrident.com. All the links you need to know are up on the site. And while you're up there, peruse over to the store. Get yourself some merch. I will confess, I did get one of those copies of the European pressing of Frostbur. And very happy about that. And, of course, while I was at it, couldn't help it. Got myself another bar of Lords of the Trident Metal Soap. So that will do it for this week. Remember, pick yourself up a copy of Bald Nelbandian's new one, Inside L.A. Metal. The L.A. Metal scene explodes Disc one of that drops on June 10th. You have to go out and get that. Bob has been putting his heart and soul into this documentary along with uh, with his buddy Carl. It's really excellent stuff, and uh, you don't want to miss this one. As I said, June 10th, that one comes out, and the other one comes out later on this summer. So volume one, volume two of the L.A. Metal Scene Explodes, and hopefully we'll have Bob on to talk about the third installment of that, which is all about the L.A. thrash scene. In the meantime, you can keep up with us at FocusOnMetal.net, FocusOnMetal.blogspot.com, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can hit me up by email at Scott at FocusOnMetal.net, or you can hit up Richie at Richie at FocusOnMetal.net. And before we go, one more thing. If you haven't done so yet, you have got to go out and pick up the brand new one from Death Angel, The Evil Divide. This thing is a modern thrash masterpiece. Listening through it, and I cannot pin down a top track. All of them. Just every time you think, ah, this is the one, the next one comes, slams that one down. I cannot. It is impossible. I cannot pick a top track off of this thing. Fantastic album. You have to go out and get this one. Highly recommend it. Again, Death Angel, their brand new one, The Evil Divide. And also want to say a big thank you to everybody out there who's been uh, tossing back answers as Richie's been throwing out questions lately on Facebook and people have been responding back. A lot of good stuff Richie asked about, you know, bands you'd like to have reunite, bands that have uh, five singers. A lot of good responses on that one. And I don't know how it is, but I'll, Journey keeps coming up in conversation here on the show. And Richie asked about the five singers and Derek answered back Journey. So uh, there you go. It came up again. All right. Anyways, metalheads, I have got to get the hell out of here. I have got some shit to do. We will, of course, talk to you again next week. But until then, for Richie and myself and everybody here at Focus on Metal, like I always say, 
Have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.